This episode is brought to you by the Law Office of Joseph I. Martin, focusing on real estate closings and probate matters with 20 years of experience for service. Contact Joey at 478-374-1505. Riles Drugstore is a locally owned and operated independent pharmacy with pharmacists that live in the neighborhood, know patients by name, and are dedicated to keeping you, your family, and our community healthy. They offer fast, friendly service with competitive pricing and free delivery to surrounding counties. Remember that Riles Drugstore also has Riles Outfitters conveniently located inside, a boutique that offers home decor, gifts, and clothing for men, women, and children. Shop local and make our community a better place to live. Call today at 229-868-6735 or stop by at 12 South 2nd Avenue, McCray Helena, for help with any of your needs. The Merchants and Citizens Bank is a proud sponsor of Throwing It Around. They have been a vital part of the local community since 1929, and they have offered traditional services that people have come to expect. In addition, they offer internet banking, mobile banking, that includes mobile deposit, ATM banking, and telephone banking. For all your banking needs, please call today at 229-868-5656 or visit them on the web at www.merchantsandcitizensbank.com. Milton CPA Services, LLC, your locally owned full-service accounting, auditing, and tax preparation professionals. Please visit for all of your bookkeeping and taxation needs to help help you keep your family or business running smoothly. For expertise and peace of mind, call on them. You can locate them in the old Security State Bank building in McCray Helena or call them at 229-868-5614 or visit on the web at www.miltoncpaservices.com. Vineyard Doodles, if you're looking to add a new member to your family, visit them on Facebook, Instagram, or on their website at www.vineyarddoodles.com. The Cannon Law Firm is a general law practice focusing on real estate transactions, family law, criminal defense, social security disability, and personal injury. Call attorney Lee Cannon and his staff to assist you with all your legal needs with locations in McCray and Eastman. The Cannon Law Firm offers you big city expertise with the charm of small town service. Calico's has a lot to offer with home decor, special holiday items, and an array of flags and mailbox coverage for for you and your home. Calico's also has Georgia Bulldog merchandise to offer. They have new spring accessories arriving daily. Come see Miss Peggy and her fine folks. And Calico's located at 215 Main Street, Eastman, Georgia. They're open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also call them at 478-374-2551 or like them on Facebook and follow them on Instagram. So now, what's up, guys, and welcome to episode 19 of Throwing It Around. Today, I'm sitting down with Middle Georgia shortstop Addison Renfro. We've got lots to talk about, including their huge ongoing challenge. That's, that is the race for the regular season SSAC conference title. So let's get to it. So what's up, Addy? Oh, excuse me, Addison, I'll say. Uh, first, I'll ask how are you, and then let's start with a little introduction about who, who you are for those who may not know, may not already know who you are. All right, so I'm doing well. Um, very just, I guess you say busy all the time. Oh, yeah. Um but I am, my name is Addison Renfro. Um, I'm from Leesburg, Georgia. I'm a shortstop here. And that's pretty much it. I gotcha, gotcha. So, um, in the description of this show that I have, I say, uh, this right here will be an opinion, opinion question. In the description of my show, I have that sports have the uncanny ability to help people escape the real world, mm. per se. 
and not have to worry about life's daily challenges outside the diamond. You can come as a fan and either just escape what you may have to do at home or as a player, you know, out there. The only thing that matters to the player is going out there and winning the game. You can you mm-hmm. think of nothing else. So, I mean, in, in your idea, would you say that you agree with that? Yeah, I know after a loss this year, mm-hmm. I get real upset. I'll be mm-hmm. wanting to cry out there. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, absolutely. So, let's, let's jump into the uh, – Jump into the idea of softball or sports in general because we'll get into it. Uh, so when and how did you get into sports? Um, for as long as I can remember, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, I've played every sport, literally, from tennis to swimming to softball nice. basketball. I've played it all. So. Wow. Wow. Hey, I love me a good multi-sport athlete mm-hmm. now. So softball is what, what got you here to where you are today. So, um Oh, you've already answered my other question. So, I mean, if, if you had to pick a uh, a favorite sport growing up before you narrowed it down to softball, what would it Definitely basketball. Basketball? I yeah. got you. Got you. So, uh, I assume not too long ago you were a big March Madness fan. You you, you were really invested in that, I'm sure. Not really. Oh, not I really? I just love playing it. You just love like, playing it. I'm I mean, not a big watcher of okay. it. Okay. I got you. I got I you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, did you consider playing any other sport at the college level? I always wanted to play basketball uh-huh. over softball just because uh-huh. softball so mentally it takes a toll on you mentally. Right. So, um, but no, right, softball so was just what I was gonna play. So gotcha, gotcha. So uh, way back in fit, what what it really was, it was way back. Um, I sat down with uh, Carly back, of course. You know mm-hmm. her. Um, we talked about Division One softball and what we expected to see out of the. Uh, See out of the big schools about who's making it to OKC and all and all that good stuff. Now, she's a former teammate of yours, so it was at twice to be exact. Mm-hmm. I know at Lee County and here at Middle Georgia. And if I'm not mistaken, I think there's two years in difference between y'all. I believe. Uh, I two or three years. I think so. I think yeah. it was because I, I texted Carly to be sure, and I think she said it was you. You in, you were out. Of, you were out of school in 2018, and she graduated in 2020. And I had to. I had to. Oh, con- so it's two years. I had, to, I had to confirm that before I came mm-hmm. came here to do this. So uh, my question is the same one that I asked her. It's just to, uh, to kind of describe your high school experience down up, down in Lee County. About uh, and everyone's is unique, of course. I mean, you can combine your experience outside of athletics, or if you want to uh, limit it to athletics because of the subject here, you can. So um, I didn't have a great softball career at high in high school, mm-hmm. um, but it was definitely just the teammates around me that made me enjoy it the most. Um, but um, other than that, yeah, I was a second baseman there. Gotcha, mm-hmm. um, gotcha. Got I understand. Um, let's see. Also, while some people are able to do this while they're still in school as well, but what about the travel ball scene? I know that's in baseball and softball. That's kind of a controversial topic among some people. Some people would say that uh, – in all honesty, I mean, it helps grabbing the attention of coaches mm-hmm. and scouts as you, if you have the interest in playing at the college level, but I don't think you necessarily need it. But in, in your softball life so far, did you ever play uh, ever play uh, travel ball? Yes, yeah, so I played actually for Carly's dad for the longest okay. time with her older sister. Okay. Um, we were the Extreme Whippets. Uh-huh. We played, played for them until my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and then I went to Team Georgia in Atlanta out of Johns Creek. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got recruited. I got you. Then. Awesome, we got you, got you. Um, I think Carly told me about one 
one person in particular, I, I don't know if she ended up playing against her or just met her on the travel ball scene. It was, I think it was somebody that plays at Georgia, I believe. Was it? Uh, was it? Georgia Tech? Abby Hughes? No, uh, that might have been her. I mean, I, uh, my mind's drawing a blank right now. I want to think she might have said Ellie Armistead at one time, or it might it might have been the girl at Georgia Tech. I can't remember. I'll, I'll I'll have to ask her that again. So, um, take a real quick sponsor break. It seems like I just read these, but I uh, want to get them in as most as as much as possible. Thanks to the Riles Drugstore, uh, the Merchants and Citizens Bank, Law Office of Joseph I. Marchant, Milton CPA Services, Vineyard Doodles, the Cannon Law Firm, and Calico's in Eastman. Did you have interest in playing uh, college softball from the beginning, or did interest from schools drive you to want to keep playing? So I knew immediately where I wanted to go to school, So and it was for softball. Mm-hmm. So um, I was determined to go to Augusta University. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the one school that was showing me offers, so I just decided to go there. And, um, yeah. So it was pretty much from the beginning. You uh, you, yeah. you you already had that drive. Before. Yeah, my sister yeah. was already at okay. Dental College, Georgia. She's okay. Dentist, so. so you pretty much already had that drive. So the, the the interest from schools didn't exactly drive you to want to keep on playing. Mm-mm. I got you. Uh, let's see. Lost my place here. So tell me about your uh, recruiting process. I always like talking to people about that. I mean, I know uh, that's it, those are unique, like your high school experience. I know. Uh, Said, who all showed interest in wanting, uh, right, right from the beginning, who exactly was showing interest in Okay, so in it started off with Augusta, Augusta University. I went there my freshman year. After my freshman year, I quit over the summer because some things happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed there for my sophomore year for fall semester, but I didn't play. I just went to school. Um, before I quit at Augusta, actually, Coach Becca was her first year here. Mm-hmm. Out of Georgia, she reached out to me because Caroline Newton was here, yeah, um, mm-hmm. and wanted me to come play. But I was also had an offer to Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College and Gulf Coast. I'm in Perkinston, Mississippi, um, and I decided to go there for my spring semester instead of here. And I also knew the coach down there. Mm-hmm. He used to coach at Darton College in mm-hmm. Albany. Um, so I went there for a semester, and then COVID hit, um, and then I went to Delta State, yeah. and then I went here. Yeah, well, and that actually brings up my uh, question right after this. And it, inside the recruiting process, I know, uh, I think it was Maddie Riggins that I talked to. She said that most of her, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, visits were due to attending camps and just mm-hmm. touring like between times at camps or whatever. So did you schedule visits per se, or did you like make your visits while attending camps? I had a visit to Augusta, but mm-hmm. every other school I'd never looked at before. Never really looked at you mm-hmm. just uh, You just basically kind of did your own little research about mm-hmm. it, I guess you could say. I got you, I got you. And see, I went and I checked the roster because I knew you you had played somewhere else, mm-hmm. and I went and checked and I saw Delta State and see what you just done was new knowledge. I thought you came directly from Delta State, which uh, is in Mississippi, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean that that right there kind of made made me think that I know inside this conference y'all go out to Mississippi to play at least two, mm-hmm. maybe maybe three teams. So that being out there isn't necessarily foreign to you. No, yeah. not a little bit out there, not especially no. the time zone, oh, the yeah. central time zone. 
So, I mean, so go ahead and tell me, uh, being that's the only one I have written down, uh, kind of tell me what it was about the Delta State that, that made you go out there and play. And let, you've already talked about the uh, environment outside of uh, outside of softball because I have a friend that went out there to an old Miss game. He said he, he loved the towns out there. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it basically the, I guess you'd say, one of the greater southern states, I guess. So, I, after Gulf Coast, I was stuck. I didn't really know what I was going to do because mm-hmm. I didn't have anywhere that I had offers to go after JUCO, so um, I knew I wanted to start flying, and then so I just reached out to Delta State, and I had the coach at the assistant coach at Gulf Coast actually played at Delta State, so she still right. knew the coach there, and she was like, "Yeah, just come on out here." So I moved out there and started my flight school, and then I ended up quitting after the fall because I was ready to. Do, I was not in the best place. I was ready to come back home. Gotcha. gotcha. But, yeah, that's how I got out there. And that really is a great segue into the next question is like, how did the journey back to the Peach State play out? I know we'll, we'll talk about the flying here in just mm-hmm. a second now. So kind of talking about how the journey back to the Peach State kind of played out. I know you said you had already been in previous contact with Coach Hewitt, so mm-hmm. did she get back in touch with you about coming so, back? So, um, like I said, I didn't have, I didn't, I liked it over there, but I just yeah. missed my family. I was right. nine hours away. Got a little homesick. Yeah. yeah. And so I decided to talk with my mom and decided to come over here to Middle Georgia because they had a flight school, thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up moving over here. I missed softball, so it was boring life without it. So in October, I texted email coach Becca and I was like, hey, like, I don't know if you remember, but you recruited me a long time ago. Um, can I come out? And she was like, sure, come out for a tryout. And then that same day, she was like, hey, you're on the team. Oh. I was like, okay. Oh, so there wasn't that exactly no real visit or per se or mm-hmm. no, or you you came out just for a flat tryout. Yeah. Okay. Hey, that's, that's, <laughs> that's one way to they do it. They also needed a first baseman that was oh. before Georgia came to. Oh, so. I got you. I got you. Hey, but they, uh, whichever way you can get on, mm-hmm. that's, that's the way you had yeah. to do it, man. Um, I'm talking about one point here to kind of uh, move away just for a second in terms of like picking colleges and playing at a smaller school per se. I talked with uh, Hunter Barnes. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure you know who that is. Yeah. Uh, one of the pitchers. And uh, point that I made about not having to be at a big school to be noticed as a talented athlete. And a lot of people will say, I have the dream of going to play college sports. I want to go to some place. Being we're talking about softball, we'll talk about some of the big uh, the big guns and per se like Oklahoma, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, even Texas, places like that. It's like if I don't make it there, I've I've failed in my journey to play. Uh, it, I've failed in my journey to play college softball. I mean, in in your opinion, do you disagree with that? Because me and Hunter had the same point about we didn't think that. You don't have to make it to the big. Uh, you don't have to make it to those big guns to really be noticed as a big time athlete. Because you come out here, some of these smaller schools are known for having success. They're mm-hmm. just not as tele uh, as known as known as some of these big ones. Because mm-hmm. you get you've got big time media, television, ESPN, all the other sorts. I mean, it may be it may be localized to local media per se. But you come out here and you've got great coaches like here with Coach uh, mm-hmm. Coach Becca. You come out here and you can really make a you can really make a name for yourself. And plus. On athletic scholarships, I know there are limited numbers at smaller schools to come in and be on scholarship for. It may not pay the entire thing, but you're getting at least, uh, what, 50 to 70% maybe of, of your tuition paid. There's, uh, there's, You're not paying everything out of pocket. There's so many 
advantages that people fail to look at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just like us. Yeah. We're, mm-hmm. we're, Coach Rebecca's turned this program around since she's been here. Um, I never even heard of this school before, right. before I came here. Um, and that's multiple schools, even in this conference, that have really showed out. But um, I've never been, I don't play softball for the money. Right, or yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. Um, to pay for college. Uh, mm-hmm. I play because I love it. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, and that yeah. right there, and that right there is, is the way that it should be doing, it, and that's the mindset that an athlete should have. If you come there to play because you love the game, having some of your, having some, mm-hmm. or if not if not all of your schooling paid for, is just a plus, and that that also drives you to balance out academics and athletics. To I mean, you've got to be a hundred percent on each side to really mm-hmm. keep it going. Because if you neglect one side, your schooling won't be being paid for. You could end up uh, making your way to not uh, be riding the pine as I've heard people mm-hmm. say before riding the bench you're not you're, you won't be playing at all there's so many things that could go wrong if you neglect a single aspect of playing yeah. in college so uh, let's step off the field for a second and talk about uh, talk about the classroom as we've already touched on it we're segueing into it uh, part of uh, at, at points in time if not the majority of it your classroom has been a cockpit mm-hmm. yeah so uh, learning to be a pilot, so I'll let you really take it from here so you can go into more detail about what, dro- what drove you to want to be a pilot or what drive- or drove you to want to just fly at all. So I always knew I wanted to be in the military, uh-huh. but I knew I didn't want to just be in the military. I right. wanted to do something fun, and I'm right. a very hands-on, mm-hmm. like-to-have-fun type person, mm-hmm. and I can't just sit behind a desk all day. Because right. at first my major was business, and that's what I got my associates in. Right. So... um. My mom one day, my freshman year of college, she was like, what do you think about flying? And I was like, hmm, yeah, that's, that sounds cool. So that's how flying came about. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I always knew I wanted So now I just want to be a fighter pilot in the military. Ah, I got you. Mm-hmm. So in, in terms, would you say that you're probably a bit of an adrenaline junkie? Because, you know, that yes. that, that sounds like very a, a very fun job to have or fun role to have mm-hmm. in the military. But you gotta think about the element of danger that comes with that. I mean, of course, a lot of people would, uh, will reference movies like Top Gun per se mm-hmm. to to talk about how fighter pilots are. Some of that may be a little bit over uh, over exaggerated, but parts of it have been known to be fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll go back to what you were saying. You are you are a bit of an of an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. I mean, anything outside of school and flying that you've done to really that could prove you're an adrenaline junkie. Mm, Nothing comes to mind. No. Okay, so just mainly kind of localize it to flying. Yeah. I know because I, uh, I actually have my uh, my grandpa used to fly. He uh, he's 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 kind of aged out of the cockpit per se, mm-hmm. and he got where he couldn't fly anymore. But that was one of the that's, that was one of the things he loved to do. He riding Harleys and flying motorbikes mm-hmm. uh, and and flying airplanes, of course. So um, I noticed that you said on Instagram one time that you uh, you go on an, or, uh, an early morning flight. Mm-hmm. Is that something you still do? Yeah, so yeah. sometimes I'll have uh, an morning, early morning flight. So like right now my flights are like four hours long. And then I'll fly to just say Tallahassee to Albany to back to Eastman or wherever. It really doesn't matter. Um, and then I'll go to class for an hour and a half. And then I'll come to practice. And I got to go home and uh, study. I mean, I'm always busy. Always oh, busy. Hey. I love to hear it. I mean, 
I was, that was that was only my next question about I mean was there a certain uh, area that you flew or a certain pattern per se but I wasn't expecting you to say if you were crossing borders yeah so sometimes yeah. sometimes we will well mm-hmm. there's like cross country flights or uh-huh. whatever we'll have to learn about and we'll just go shoot approaches into Tallahassee and then sometimes I go to Statesboro I've been to Athens flown over the Georgia mm-hmm. Stadium ah. I mean I, I, I bet that's one heck of a view yeah it was <laughs> But you know, then again, if you tell somebody that you've, you've flown to Tallahassee, you think you're, I know the, pl- the planes are in Eastman per se, and you gotta mm-hmm. think that's considered South Georgia, but that's not as far, that is, that's not as South as people think. You, you think, oh, well, I'm going to Florida, well, well, dang, that's a long flight. Tallahassee's not that far into no. Florida, it's not, I mean, you gotta think, that's not that far over the border. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, uh, what exactly is the learning process for this? I mean, that's the best way I knew how to put the question, I mean, is it, is it a lot of classroom time and then you move yourself into a plane or is it majority classroom and a little bit of plane or how exactly in, in terms of percentages does that balance out? So at my last school, uh-huh. it was different with, uh, I guess the syllabus wise for mm-hmm. what you did for your flights. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my last school, my private, inch, I mean, my private license was about 50 something lessons and like half would be ground lessons where you just sit one-on-one with your instructor and then the other half would be in the airplane but here it's just like 25 lessons for your private and uh, they don't do ground one-on-one unless you ask for it but um, and then in the classrooms they're not classrooms pretty chill it's not like crazy but it's mostly just getting hands-on in the airplane to learn about how to fly an aircraft i got you so i so but basically the, the majority of it is basically inside the cockpit yes. so, so what i said about classroom being the cockpit kind of yes. really applies i got you um in terms of graduating have you graduated out of the flight program here yet? no i have yep. not so i actually just changed my major the other day ah. to management so that because I'm only on my instrument license right now. Uh-huh. So I plan to finish my instrument and then finish my commercial by December and I'll be graduated and then go into the military. Gotcha. As gotcha. an officer, yes. Hey, hey. Um, hey, you, and you're just answering questions on the way down the list about having to, about really having to uh, apply this. In, uh, in terms of when you make it into the military, I mean, I know I've, some people have plans on flying a certain aircraft because, you mm-hmm. know, there's, book hoodles of different aircraft yep. in in the military you've got I know you've got the fighter uh, fighter jets and you, you can go all the way up to these gigantic planes I mean is there any is, is there certain it's of anything in particular that you want to fly is it is it cert- yeah. simply like fighter fighter pilot or no or? because so I would either want uh, the fighter jet or heavy aircraft only because mm-hmm. My overall goal is to fly for like FedEx or UPS. Mm-hmm. So if I were to get stuck with a heavy aircraft, I would be fine because mm-hmm. it's the same thing as UPS and FedEx, and it looks well, look looks good to the airlines. But that's I got you. I got you. I know. I mean, I, I've seen I've like, seen different I've seen different uh, size comparisons of planes mm-hmm. within the within the military. You know, you've got some of these fighter jets that I guess you could say compared to some of the gigantic ones, they look this big, and then you got some of the ones that haul equipment like hum uh, like humvees and uh, they probably roll a couple of tanks into these big ones too just to like fly them overseas or fly them to another mm-hmm. base or whatever i mean it's just amazing how th- there's got to be a little bit of a difference in how to operate 
those types of planes because you got to think about when when to start a descent with that big one and how much I mean how much strength it takes to get that thing in the air. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just by looking at some of that stuff, it it really kind of just amazes me. So talk about in in your in in your opinion. I've asked this to everybody I've talked to up here. Um, the importance of balancing academics and an athlete's chosen sport. Um, it's very important. Um, because if you don't balance those two and you lose focus on school or in the classroom and your grades, you're definitely going to be ineligible. Which you obviously don't want that to happen. But it can definitely affect each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with me, I sometimes I even lose focus personally on um, flying just because mm-hmm. this is my last year and obviously mm-hmm. I want to be the best pilot I can be and the best student I can be and the best I can, shortstop I can be, the best hitter I can be, and you mm-hmm. just can't maintain all of that at one time. So um, I am guilty for personally um, losing focus on that, but it's, it's definitely very important to balance the two. No doubt, no doubt. Is there any particular methods to you that you might have used to help yourself balance this stuff out? Any type of like, I guess I'll throw out a couple of examples, like people may keep a planner or they may mm-hmm. like write down inside their phone like, all right, at this time, or I've got classes at this time, practice at this time, I need to take this amount of time just to sit down and do a little bit of homework, just examples like that. So I have a planner that I write everything mm-hmm. I need to do in, and sometimes I won't, like on long bus rides to Mississippi, when it's eight hour long bus ride, I'll be like, all right, for this four hours, I'm not sleeping. I'm going to study my note cards, and then next four hours I'll sleep. I so. got you. Divide it up nice. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll jump back on the diamond now. Let's talk about what's happened and what's happening this season. Uh, you and Logan swapped, for the swapped positions. Right there at the beginning of the year, you mentioned that a first baseman was needed when you arrived here, so you kind of filled that gap. I know a couple of games last season that I took pictures at for – my own social media. I know, I noticed that you primarily did play first. I know you've, I've seen you go around the infield and play other positions and all, but uh, let's see. You you were in the room when I asked about adjusting positions uh, with Logan. So has moving to short moving over to shortstop been fairly smooth of a transition for you? Yeah, because I before I came here, I never really played first. I think mm-hmm. I was the only position on the field I'd never played. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've always been a middle infielder, mm-hmm. and I'm fast. So, I mean, moving over to shortstop was definitely what I wanted to do, and I very much enjoy that spot. So it was, right. I, it was a pretty smooth transition nice. in the shortstop. You see, what, what you just mentioned in there is what kind of makes an athlete much more valuable like visually or and mentally too when an athlete like yourself has, has really never played a position but you know the fundamentals of it and you mm-hmm. go over and play that position when you've got little to no experience at it that kind of makes your value go up in the eyes of a coach per se that you're willing to go over there and play it because that is an open spot mm-hmm. but yet I've never played it but if I if there's a way for me to get on the field and that's the only way all right I'll go do it yeah I'm definitely athletic enough to yeah Oh, heck able yeah. to play anywhere. So, I mean, she'll even put me behind the plate sometimes in scrimmages, and I'm like, I can play it. It's I'll, give it sh- I'll give it a I'll shot. I'll go out there and pitch. I'll, I'll, give it, I'll give it a shot. 
And uh, that right there is what's uh, that right there is something we'll get to in just a second is the amount of amount of different positions that different people on this roster mm-hmm. play and whether they actually have done it before or or if it's in your case there you're just willing to go play and we'll talk about that in a second. So uh, what was your impressions of all the new faces at the beginning of the season? Anybody did anybody in particular stick out to you when they first arrived here? So. I knew I would be at shortstop when mm-hmm. I first got here, uh, or started this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabby, Gabby and Riggins definitely stood out to me this year. Gabby's, she reminds me a lot of me. Uh-huh. Um, both of us can play ball. And um, she made me nervous, I'm not gonna lie, coming in. Um, but she just, she's so smooth with it mm-hmm. that she she very much impressed me, and then Riggins, I knew Riggins before she came here, oh, yeah. um, but with her playing outfield, playing infield, can throw the ball, I was very impressed with her when she came in. So, well, absolutely. In terms of uh, Gabby, I know the more and more I watched practices and games and all, I, I held the same opinion as you. Like, she's she's a baller per se. Mm-hmm. If you want to sum it up in one word, yeah. I would say, yeah, you might have been told over the off season come come the spring you'll be playing shortstop and you come in and see her come in and it's like, Well, I might not have this position mm-hmm. really locked down yet. That's why yeah. when when Coach Becca moved Gabby yeah. to short yeah. I meant to second, mm-hmm. uh, I was very excited because yeah. me and Gabby were both like, We're yeah. this is this is gonna be good because yeah. this is a duo right yeah. here. Oh, so did y'all both start out at the shortstop position whenever things got started? Yes. Okay. We both started out at shortstop. Okay, I got you. I got you. And uh, I would say another person that really stuck out to me, um, I think one of the uh, fall games I watched, uh, Morgan out there in right field. Oh, I yeah. Mean, mm-hmm. She's an absolute uh, absolute speed demon, I know. Yep. I mean, gir- girls, got some, uh, girls got some wheels. Uh, Christina, great hitter. Mm-hmm. I know she's, she's come, in, come through in the clutch multiple times mm-hmm. during the spring. I mean, I didn't get to see a, uh, see a lot of her in the fall, but, but she really started to stick out right here in the regular season for me. Mm-hmm. So what were your own expectations of yourself and the team all together after last year's big turnaround from the prior one? You know, last season y'all ended up going 39-14, and 14, much better record than the prior season. Mm-hmm. And then this year y'all were – on pace for a much better record than last year, so I mean, going coming into this year, you saw the new faces, you saw who you mean, you saw who came back, and you saw who was coming in, whether it be high school players coming in or transfers coming in. So, what were your own expectations of the team going into this year? So I knew we would definitely be a really good team, and because coming back and seeing us practice all together was like how do you have so much talent on one team? Because every single one of us, there's not a person out there that's like, oh, she's not good. Like, we're all amazing players. And I definitely knew this season was going to be a good season. We were going to be very successful. But I didn't know when or, like, I don't know. It's just more of um. Mm-hmm putting all that talent together mm-hmm. and at first I was kind of questioning I was like are we going to put this talent together um but we definitely figured out a way to put it together and well, there's so. not a person that you can't be like 
so-and-so go out there, mm-hmm. and they're going to perform to the best of their abilities and do very well. Oh, for so. sure. Whenever I sat down in here and did a spring preview, well, it was actually a fall wrap-up show that I did with uh, mm-hmm. Coach Hewitt. I think Coach Wimpy was in here, too. It was one of those she came in here with us. Uh, we talked about how y'all did in the fall and then what, what to expect coming in the spring. She said that at the very beginning of the season, she said, I've got a bit of a problem, but it's, and I told her, I said, but it's kind of a good problem. You've got so many talented people on this mm-hmm. roster. She said, I could make two entirely different rosters of, or starting nine, and nobody, it, there, and there would be no layover. It would be completely, it, was a, it would be a completely different lineup. Yep. And you got, uh, you already mentioned, we already mentioned uh, Maddie, a uh, three position player, or overall three position player. Mm-hmm. She's been in right field, second base pitcher. I'm sure she could go somewhere else if she mm-hmm. had it to. I know uh, Gabby being the middle infielder. Uh, Logan moving over to first base. I know if she had to in a sticky situation, she could move over to second base or go back to shortstop mm-hmm. if she had to. Uh, Summer had left field locked down. Lex got the hot corner locked down. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so, and plus the, plus the pitching, she picked up much more pitching as well. I know last season she mainly relied on Beth and uh Silva, then now Beth and Riggins really took off and ran as the uh, as the big yeah. two this year. I mean, I know she's she's swapped out when she had to, but she's really ran with those two, and those have been some absolute uh, big dogs in the circle yeah. per se. So y'all went on a 16 game winning streak early on in the season. Everything was awesome, and I'm hoping this question will make you think think back to really what might have happened. Uh, what were y'all doing right during that season? What was putting y'all above the rest of the conference? But when, but when it got snapped by William Carey out in Mississippi, what, what which is what ended the streak? Uh, what what would you say went wrong? So, I wouldn't say anything yeah. went wrong. Yeah. It was just um, yeah. she there was bases loaded and the girl killed the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just in a gap, but I think our in the seventh inning, a lot of the times we lose focus. Or I wouldn't mm-hmm. say focus, but like oh, the seventh inning has hurt us a lot when all we have to do is get three outs multiple times. Yeah. Yes, so um, I think that's when that started was us losing focus in the seventh inning and get having to get those three outs and that'd be it. Um, and. With, from then on, we've struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Even these games we played this past weekend, it was in Black Blue Mountain specifically. The first game was a 1 0 lead, and thank God the girls stepped out of the batter's box, but um, it was just getting those three outs. I mean, it was a struggle for us, but I, I wouldn't say anything necessarily went wrong. The girl had a good hit, and right, props yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was basically I because I because I, I watched the game. I, you could I mean it it comes down to what any pitcher can do. Yeah, as late late in the game, which I think I believe it was extra innings. It was just a pitch that got hung. Any pitcher mm-hmm. does that. So it was I, one of their best hitters. Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say you hang one to one of the best hitters. I mean yeah. something like that's gonna happen. So I'll go back to the point that uh, you, you've yet to answer. I'll say so early on during the winning streak, in if you can. To your best of your ability, putting your own words, what would you say was going right with y'all? I guess would you say everything was just go? Uh, y'all just had every 
every I dotted and every T crossed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. our defense was solid. Yeah. Um, and our hitting was definitely on. I think here lately we got into a bit of a, I would say, slump. Mm-hmm. But um, it's turned around now, but it was. I believe so. It was all on that streak. It was hitting. Everybody was hitting. Um, everybody was holding balls, catching balls. Just solid defense and solid offense at the same time. So. Absolutely. Part of that part of that streak was defeating uh, nationally ranked Georgia Gwinnett, who were at the time ranked 14th. I had to look back to be sure. Well, I'm pretty sure it was 14th at the time in the mm-hmm. national coaches poll. Uh, the team made history by shooting up into the polls for the first time ever at number 22 when the next coaches poll came out. So I'm sure. What did it feel like? as one of the players on the team receiving the news, I'm sure there was a good bit of celebration. Yes, I was very excited, and everybody yeah. was very excited. Because, um, I mean, last year we all were hoping to get in the top 25 because we were doing so well, and we got a little vote sometimes. and then, But we didn't end up making it. We fell short. But um, this year definitely securing a spot in the top 25 was definitely exciting for all of us. We were so excited. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I know whenever I saw the news, I was just, I was extremely happy for y'all, and I, I can only imagine what kind of mm-hmm. celebration y'all are having. Um, y'all are going to wrap up the final road stint of the regular season on, well, it was Thursday, but tomorrow, mm-hmm. now against Bruton Parker. Uh, y'all went to coastal Georgia, out to Alabama with Stillman, and you just touched on the Blue Mountain doubleheader and picked up six huge wins, maybe another sweep. Hopefully we can y'all can make that a perfect 8-0. and oh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, going into tomorrow, y'all built a record of 37-9. and nine. And with the re- that rolling momentum that y'all have built up, the team looks to be on the fast track to clinching the SSAC regular season championship. What are the must-do, quote-unquote, must-dos for this team to finish strong if y'all sweep out the rest of the year against Bruton Parker and Georgia Gwinnett when they come here? To finish strong at 41-9. and nine. If y'all don't, if y'all don't surrender another uh, game, so quite possibly, if not the best record that this program's ever had at forty-one and nine. So, what are the must-dos? Um, definitely staying focused yeah. and everybody hitting and everybody playing defense once again because like mm-hmm. me personally, I'm a very defensive person. Um, so solid D is definitely a part of the game that you have to have. To win, help win games, and but just as long as everybody hits and stays together, and everybody's just stays focused, um, we'll we'll take definitely four wins this week. Oh, absolutely! Oh, one thing before I go on to another uh, point, that's the thing too. I've I've spoken before about is the uh, the mental part of softball. Mm-hmm. I know the great Yogi Berra, who played in the 1920s with the New York Yankees. This is this this question. I mean, or this quote. It makes sense when you when you hear it. But by the way he said it, it also doesn't make sense. He says that baseball, which softball is too, it's 90% mental, and the mm-hmm. other half is physical. Which I know those words don't match up, but you get the point. Yep. So exactly, would you agree with that and say? I mean, is, it, were there points in this season? That you, that you guys kind of fell off mentally, and do you believe y'all are, y'all have gotten back to where y'all were? Yeah. yeah. Um, I can even say personally I fell off mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think a few others have too, most of the team. But I think we're back locked in at this point. We, we know there's a goal set we had set for the beginning of the season was 40 wins. And I know we want those 40 wins and mm-hmm. we want to be the champions of mm-hmm. Southern States Conference. So I think everybody's pretty much locked back in. So. Oh, absolutely. And I know one thing, just as long as y'all can keep the momentum rolling and win these Final Four, I know the two trailing behind you on Mobile and William Carey, they ought, they have to play one more time so they'll be beating up on each other. So last time I checked, it might have been a two, two-and-a-half game lead that y'all have on them, I think. Maybe yeah, maybe, um, maybe three. If it, I think it's us and Mobile that are tied right yeah. now, and then Mobile's playing Faulkner, I think, right yeah. now, actually. We'll have, to, so, we'll have to check on that yeah. whenever we get out of here. I know that uh, William Carey was sitting in the second spot, and then William Carey, I think, fell off sometime in the previous they lost the Faulkner okay yeah so oh, yeah. that that must be where they fell off because they fell into third so it's a whole nother it's a whole nother team to play mm-hmm. uh, to mess with now I mean y'all were playing y'all were focusing on William Carey now it's Mobile mm-hmm. you just got to hope that uh things go your way and they beat up on each other uh as much as possible yeah, and hope they split oh absolutely for sure for sure so we'll end this section of the uh of the interview with some awesome news that I want you to comment on uh Coach Hewitt, which she even told me at the time, she said she didn't know it wasn't that, that this was it until, I guess, until somebody must have told her or she saw it on Instagram one. She hit the century mark in wins Saturday. So I don't know if it was after game one or game two it, that it made it win number 100. But talk about securing triple digits in the win column for our wonderful coach. That's obviously a big accomplishment, and she deserves it. She, mm-hmm. uh... She she's one of those coaches that you want to work hard for, um, but I'm very proud. Of, I really am so proud of her for. I know 100 wins is, in how many years has she been here? Like oh, that's what that's what I was trying to think of. It was was it what was it 2000? What'd she get here? 2018. 18. So 19 something like that. So if she if she arrived in 18, she wouldn't have coached until 19 the season. Mm-hmm. So, so even just 19, within the past two years, she's almost got 100 wins. This may, this may be year five. I, mm-hmm. I think it's year five. Yeah, so, so, yeah. That's a big accomplishment for yeah. her. And, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And if you, if you were to go back and trace the history, I'm sure you could see like those, those wins slowly start climbing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, two years ago now, the, uh, y'all fell real short and uh, n- nothing much came of that season. Last season, y'all just did miss a regional. Mm-hmm. And then now this season, y'all are well on track to. Oh, well, y'all might y'all might as well go ahead and say that y'all are going to beat uh, last year's uh, record because you only yeah. have nine losses right now. Y'all lost fourteen last year. Mm-hmm. So, but of course, I mean, it goes without saying that us, us two in here is extremely proud of Coach Hewitt, and she's done a tremendous job. And I think she keeps this momentum rolling. People are going to notice, and I'm sure Middle Georgia's name is going to be much more of a mm-hmm. much more of a vacuum sucking. Uh, better players yep. and sucking better p- players into this program to make them want make want to make them want to come play for a, a woman like her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So to end it all, let's have a little fun with some questions to close it out. Are you up for it? Yep. All right. So uh, these are just random questions. You can uh, you can answer them however you want to. Uh, simple this or that type of stuff. Would you rather live on a farm or live at the beach? Live on a farm. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, roller coasters or water slides? Roller coasters. Roller coasters. 
win twenty five thousand or your best win or or your best friend win a hundred thousand? Best friend win a hundred thousand because she better give you. He better have it. You're gonna split it. (laughs) Uh, go into a store where every item is free or a restaurant where every dish is calorie free. Go into a store where every item is free. Okay. Would you rather store videos or store memories with videos or uh, or photos? Photos. Photos. Would you rather talk to animals or speak every language? Talk to animals. <laughs> you know that you know that one right there is really enticing. But I, I, I when I read it myself, I was like, I think I'd rather talk to animals. Yes, because my dog personally, I'll, <laughs> I'll be like talking to her, and she'll be talking back, and I'm like, What are you saying? I don't know what you're saying. That's exact. That's exactly why I thought about. It, is like I would. Look, there's there's no telling mm-hmm. how long I would sit there and just talk to the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I lost my place. Oh, be forced to listen to the same ten songs on repeat for the rest of your life or watch the same five movies? Same ten songs. Same ten songs, okay. Would you rather have free travel for one year or live rent-free for five? Free travel. Free travel. Would you rather see the future or change the past? That's a hard one, but probably change the past. Change the past. Oh, so there's mistakes you'd rather go... Yes. So you'd rather go turn some things around? Yes. Kind of makes you think if you went and changed it, do you think you'd be in the same place? I don't know. Yeah. That one right there there really made me think, too. The the one about the animals and this one really made me think. Uh, Who's the first person you you call or text after a big win? My mom. Mom. Uh, What are you binge watching right now? I've not watched GT. I'm in TV. I watch GTA on Twitch. Oh, okay. I'm a video gamer. So. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. But if you do get into watching a lot of television, one thing I will say, uh, somebody said it earlier before the game, before the season got started when y'all were introducing players on social media, somebody mentioned watching The Blacklist. Yeah, and yeah. also the new season of Outer Banks. I tried to get into it, and I stopped mm-hmm. at like episode five because I was like, it's boring. You want, but seriously, if, if if you ever get the chance to, I think you really do need to go watch um, the blacklist. Yeah. Uh, what's your least favorite thing to practice? Like in, on the field? Yeah, just out out there and practice. What's the least favorite thing you um, least favorite thing you want uh, you want to do at practice? I think warming up. Or like just warming up. Hole, honestly. <laughs> oh, so cardio. Yes. Okay, I got you. Makes more sense. Uh, t- t- uh, what sport would you play? Oh, you've already answered this, but if you weren't playing softball, you'd be playing basketball, basketball. last time? Okay. Uh, who have you modeled your game after? Is there a certain, uh, do you have a favorite softball player or a person that you might have modeled your mindset or your playing style after? No, I don't really even watch softball. I'm not mm-hmm. a big TV watcher, so okay. I just don't watch. I got you. Makes sense. I respect that. Would you rather make a diving catch or hit a home run? Diving catch. Right, this one's a, this one's a bit more serious. So now, when when this is all said and done and over for you, uh, what lessons will you take away from here? Um, Have you learned any big lessons from being here? Life lessons, softball lessons, whatever you want to say. I'm not real sure. Um, just staying humble. Staying humble. See, that's what that's what I'm saying. If you mm-hmm. if you just sit there and think about it, there's something you've learned. You might not be able to recall it quickly, but yep. so you did. 
All right, so just going to thank these sponsors one more time before we get out of here. Calico's and Eastman, the Cannon Law Firm, Vineyard Doodles, Milton CPA Services, the Merchants and Citizens Bank, Riles Drugs, jointly with Riles Outfitters, and the Law Office of Joseph I. Martin. That'll do it for episode 19 with Addison Renfro. Give her, give her a hand for the amazing job she's done, wherever you're listening from. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. So I'll be back soon, but until then, remember what the Captain Derek Jeter said. There may be people who have more talent than you, but there's no excuse for them to work harder than you do.